We continue, we left off, Baba Kama, fifth chapter on the bottom of 52B, the last line on the bottom. We dedicate this class to our brothers. This is the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. May all the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. May all the hostages return home safely. That if someone was digging, if someone hired someone to dig to expand the pit that he made, and from the noise, the axe got scared. So if it fell, and if it fell head 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 first, it doesn't matter. Even it's an intelligent axe, but but because of the fright, he just fell head 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 first into the pit. Then the owner of the pit is liable, but if if he fell in backwards, he's exempt. So we have an argument with the Mishmis. Means his head went in head first, so he died from the um, he head first, and he dies from the foul ear. Means he fell on his backside. So what killed the ox was the bang, the knock. And then he's exempt. The owner of the Yavzeb is a bird. The Rav that I made, Rav, is consistent with his reasoning. We learned the other day, the argument in Rav Shmuel. Rav says that the bird, you're only liable if the animal dies from the foul ear, not from the uh, clap, from the knock, because that he knocked against the earth that Hashem created, so he can't hold the uh, digger of the pit responsible. So that's why if he falls backward, he's exempt. Shmuel, Shmuel argues, Shmuel says, how the meaning of our mission is, if the animal falls into the pit as a result, he got frightened, he falls into the pit, whether head first, or whether from his backside, it doesn't matter if he dies because of the foul ear head first, or if he died because he got banged in the back, uh, he, he banged himself, either way, he's liable. And Shmuel, uh, Shmuel follows, Shmuel Tamei, the Omar Shmuel says the liability of bird, you dig a pit, not only are you responsible for the foul ear, but even if you bang, uh, just if it's not a question of foul ear, but you bang from, from banging and falling. So, what does it mean? When are you exempt? What does the mission mean backward? You're exempt. He fell backwards because he stumbled on the bird. He fell backwards. And but he fell outside the bird. He didn't fall into the pit. He just stumbled and fell backwards. So then he's exempt. Both according to Rav and Shmuel, the 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 Mishnah says that if he falls backwards, he's exempt. Doesn't matter if it's because of the because of the sound the, the animal got frightened. Either way, even the animal not get frightened. If he falls in backwards, he doesn't die from the foul ear. He dies from the bang. He's exempt according to Rav and according to Shmuel. If he falls uh, backwards and falls outside the pit on the ground, that ground you didn't dig, Hashem made it. That's Hashem's ground. So therefore, you're exempt. So you might ask, hey, so I'll ask you a question. We learned, clearly, not like Rav, clearly like Shmuel, that whether the animal falls head, head first. Or from his back, he falls into the pit. The owner of the pit is liable. This refutes an Rav's opinion. His dancers made the Rav be reshusit the chayyeh. Bryce was talking about if a person dug a pit in his own backyard, and then he made the, the land around it ownerless, accessible to everyone. He gave everyone access, but he still retains ownership of the pit. 
but now he made it he made it a liability a public liability because he gives everyone public access and therefore they're going to fall into the pit so in that case if the animal dies head first headlong falls in because the fowl there you created that and if he dies backwards falling in backwards because of the clap it's your pit you created the pit you own the pit you own the pit it's in your private property so when you own the pit in this case if it's private even Nav admits that you're the owner's liar the Brais is talking about that he, he, he lands into the pit, he falls into the pit head first, but the animal twists itself around and falls on its backside. So really it was hit by the foul ear, so it was really the foul ear that, that, that killed it, not the ultimate bang in the back, in its backside. The foul ear got them. Before he turned around, the Brais is not talking about the damages of bird. He's talking about the damages of bird, the ox, in other words, we're talking about the damages that the ox caused. The ox who's lying there and his carcass smells up, and now he smelled up his pure water. <laughs> he's going to sell bottled water and he left the animal there and ruined the water so the animal now became the bird so it doesn't matter how the animal felt it doesn't matter if he falls straight head first or his back what difference does it make we're not t- talking about the death of the animal we're talking about the damage that the animal causes the animal is considered like an obstacle that destroyed destroyed the water or fell right into the water and, 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 dam- and ruined the water by his fall. Not that he remained there. By the actual fall, he ruined the water. That supports Rav's opinion. It says, when it fell, it says, in the title, and the person will uncover a pit, and an axe or a donkey shall fall. So the Rav says, if he falls the way the way the normal normal way of falling, which is head first. From here we learn If he falls because of the sound he got frightened of the digging and he falls head first, he's chayev, the owner of the pit is liable. But if he falls backwards So this supports Rab's opinion. It's exactly what Rab says. Law actually follows Shmuel that uh, the bird, you're liable, doesn't matter because if, you, if the animal died because of the foul ear or the animal died because of the bank. Amamar, the master said, Why do you say that if the animal fell forward because of the sound of the digging, the owner of the pit is liable? Why name a Kata Gadamla? You can argue that the one who was digging, he caused the animal to fall. You startled the animal, and the animal fell. So he was the one responsible for the damage. Now the digger himself is not liable because it was indirect. It wasn't a direct cause. He just startled the animal. So therefore no one should pay. But the owner of the patch pit should also be exempt because it was brought about by the digger, not him. Even though he was digging the pit, 
but but he, it wasn't his pit, and he didn't yet dig deep enough. He should become a partner in the pit. It's two separate people. So therefore, since the digger is exempt, he should also be exempt. That this is the opinion, our mission, uh, the price is the opinion of, of Ramnas Dhammar. The mission uh, follows the opinion of Ramnas Dhammar. He says, Balabed is Ekikov. Ramnas says, It's the owner of the pit that did the damage. He was found dead in the pit. So he is responsible, and whatever the, uh, whatever the owner of the ox could get from the first one, fine, and whatever, and all the balance, the owner of the pit has to pay. Where do we see this? Axu pushed his other ox, fellow ox, into the pit. So the rabbis say that the, the ox, the owner of the ox who pushed his fellow ox into the pit, he's liable. The owner of the boy is exempt. He says, I didn't cause the damage. Yes, he fell into my pit. But but who caused it? The ox that pushed them in. Ramnasan name. Ramnasan argues. Ramnasan says, "And Allah is like Ramnasan." He says, "Balashir Mishalim Mechza, Balashir Mishalim Mechza." No, they're both partners. They both have to pay half. Each one has to pay half. Half of the damage. Ragi Gemara of a time we learn a different brayzer. Ramnasan name of Balashir Mishalim Gimachalak and Balashir Ravir. That the owner of the of the pit has to pay three quarters of the damage, and the owner of the ox only pays a quarter. Gemara says, "Like cash, it's not a contradiction." Habetama b'mud. If he's a tam, if the owner of the ox who pushed is a tam, which is the equivalent of goring, if he's a tam, he only pays half. So from his half, he only pays a quarter. And then the um, and the owner of the pit has to pay. So the owner of the pit has to pay three quarters. He has to pay the balance. If he's a muad and they both have to pay full, so then they split it down the middle, each one pays half. So the Yomana says, wait a minute, but I'm even if he's a tam, what does he hold? That each one was enough to, to, to give a kill blow. Just the axe pushing him was enough to knock him down and kill him. Or the axe just falling into the pit, even if he wasn't pushed, would be enough to kill him. So each one is really responsible for paying the full damage. How do you say that if he's a tam, he only pays a quarter? If he did the full damage, he has to pay half of the full damage. So he should pay half, and he should pay half, even if he's a tam. And he, if he holds, that each one only did half, they're partners, he started and he finished. So if that's the case, so the owner of the pit should only pay half. Since he's a tam, pay half of his half, which is a quarter. And the owner of the ox that, was, that died, that was killed, should, uh, should lose a quarter. Why does the owner of the pit have to make up for it and pay three quarters? So Amadabadabha said, Amnasan, Dayana Havad. Amnasan was the Havbez, and he was the... He was the vice president of the Jewish Supreme Court, of the head court. And he understood the depth of the din. That he, each one did the full damage. Each one in its own right was enough to give a death blow to the ox. 
the kashalov, he asked the question, then the shalomai palgavai palgas, then even if he's a tam, pay half of a full. So you pay 50, you pay 50. Why does he only pay a quarter? What does it help me that you're a partner with me? If anyway I end up being half, I would have paid half even if you, you were not in the picture, even if you didn't fall into the bird. So what does it help me that between the two of us we, we kill the ox between your pit and my this? So it has to help me somewhat. So therefore, I'm only going to pay half of my half. That's what it helps me. And you pay three quarters. Really, each one only does half of the damage. So Kashalov, they're partners. Kashalov, my Balabim, Shalom, Palgam, Shalom, Shalom, So why then, why then shouldn't the owner of the pit just pay half? And the owner of the ox that, that, that pushed, the, pushed the other ox should only pay a, qu- a quarter. And uh, the, the owner of the ox that died should, should lose a quarter. You know why? The owner of the ox that was killed says to the owner of the pit, I found my ox in your pit. You killed it. The bottom line is, it's in your pit. Whatever I can pay, I can get payment from the other party, I'll get. What I can get from him, I can't get payment from him, all the balance I'm going to get from you. The rabbis disagree with Rabbi Nassim. And they hold, no, that we only follow the first one who did the damage. The first one, the, the ox that pushed him in. He did everything. See, if he's a mood, he pays everything. If he's a tam, he only pays 50%. In the case of our Mishnah, we dug and it was indirect. He pays nothing and the owner gets nothing. The Balabar, the owner of the pit, doesn't get anything. And the rabbis also disagree with Abnassim's principle that when there's two partners, what you can't get from one, you, you, you collect from the other. There's also an argument, even according to Abnassim. When does Abnassim say that the other partner pays everything? Whatever the balance, whatever he can collect, is when the Torah exempts the other partner, what if the other partner is liable to pay? Really, each one should pay half, but he runs away, where he has no money. You also go after the other partner. Okay, that's a separate discussion. What if he places a stone by the, by the edge of the pit, and an uh, axe came and slipped on the stone, and the he fell into the pit? This is the argument of Nasan and the rabbis. According to the rabbis, the owner of the stone is responsible. You caused the axe tax to, to fall in. And here you can't say it was indirect. It wasn't indirect. A stone is a pit. It's the equivalent of a pit. It's part of the category of a pit. It doesn't have to be a hole, any obstacle. So this is direct. So he's responsible for all the damage. According to Rabbi Nassim, no, they share, they share the responsibility. Because he fell into your pit, you dug the pit, and, and you made the stone. So each one is 50-50. Obviously, what's Rabbi coming to teach me? Why would I think otherwise? Because there he can say, the owner of the pit can say, to the owner of the axe, if not from my pit, your axe. Enough alone could have killed the axe. Just by pushing was enough to give a death blow. But here, 
the Bala Heaven could respond, could retort back to the Bala Boy, the owner of the stone who placed the stone there, which the animal slipped over. And he can say to the owner of the pit, if not for your pit, what damage could my stone already have caused? You have a miscal, you would have slipped and fell. Have a novel, yeah, you would fall. The coin, he would stand up. So, Kamashman, that's what they, for I shouldn't pay anything. You should bear the full brunt, the full responsibility. So that's why Kamashman and Amalei, love heaven, love enough, a little bit. No, but all, all the bottom line is, if not for your stone, he would not have fallen to my pit. So, therefore, we are both partners and we both have to pay together. Itma, we learn, we continue on side B, 53, an axe. Together, two oxen. One was a regular ox owned by a private person. The other one was a sheir, was a psuli, an animal that was disqualified as an offering. We have in parentheses, what does this mean? So from the halachas g'deles, it says, Rabbi Hudoi Goyen, halachas ba'alachas g'deles, and Rashi also says, hey Gimel, halachas g'deles, my near sheir b'chir, le'potikle. That he holds that a, an bchur, the firstborn, is automatically holy, and you have to offer it as a sacrifice. But if it has a defect, the tait, although the tait allows the kayan to eat from it, but it's different than any other animal that was a sacred animal that was designated as a sacrifice that developed a defect. There, the animal remains sacred until you redeem it. When you redeem it, the animal is no longer sacred, and then the owner owns the animal, even though he, he can't use it for shearing the wool, he can't work with it, but it's your animal. And if it does damage, you're liable to pay. So b'chor is different. B'chor, even though it has a defect, but since you don't have to redeem it, the Torah says that it's yours, the, the coin could eat it and eat it regularly, there's no, without any sanctity, but nevertheless it remains a sacred animal that if it goes ahead and does damage, the owner doesn't have to pay. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yudoy Goin. Rashi himself actually clearly said earlier, a few pages ago, we learned clearly, Rashi says that a Bechor has a defect is exactly like any other sacrifice that has a defect and it's considered the owner's and if it goes ahead and does damage, the owner has to pay. So according to that, we're talking about a Gemara, we don't we ignore the parentheses. The parentheses was added to the Gemara. This is according to Rabbi Doi Goin, but he's talking about any, animal, any sacred uh, sacrifice that was... Um, that has a defect, but before it was, before it was redeemed. So he says. So then that animal is exempt from all damages. So what do we do? So the animal, the ox, the owner of the ox, of the regular ox, a non-sacred ox, only pays half a damage because he only did half of the damage. They were partners. This ox together with the other ox. He only pays a quarter of the damage. Simot explains the argument. How about betam? In both cases, we're talking about a tam, a tam, a, and therefore the tam only pays half. It's the non-habitual gores. How could rabbanu? How could That according to the rabbis, the tam has to pay has to pay the half. Ravina holds says like the rabbis. He holds the law follows the rabbis that they're par- since they're partners, and they're both tam. So you, the, between the two of them, you only have to pay a half. Each one of them pays a half of a half, a quarter. So I'm only going to pay you a quarter. You can't collect the other quarter. It's not my problem. And Abaya holds like Rav Nosson. Abaya holds like Rav Nosson. Like Rav Nosson. Like Rav Nosson. That the, that uh, since they're, since they're partners or whatever, you can't collect from one. You're going to collect from the other. So the other one has to pay the full half. 
If you want, I'll explain that they're not arguing. Rav Abaye and Navin are not arguing. They're both saying the law follows like Rav And indeed, the law does follow Rav But if the animal that gored, that's paying, the non-sacred animal is a muad, so he's a partner. They both hold like the, like the Rabbanan. That they're both, they're not arguing. Avin and Rabbi agree they're both like the Rabbanan. That you don't pick up the slack for the other one, even though you're partners. Oh, but Tam, in the case of a Tam, so therefore the, between the two of them, they only have to pay a half. Each one has to pay a quarter, so he only pays a quarter. Abimu, it's again, he only pays his half, half of the full, which is only half. Igadamri, others say, Abai is the one who said, Chatsi Nezik. You pay half a damage, Avinam, Avin says you have to pay the full damage. What are they arguing again? Hava, hava, mu. They're both talking about a case of the animals and mu. Hakarabbanon, hakarabnasan. Ravina holds that you. Abaya says you pay half. He holds. He holds like the like the rabbanon. Since they're partners, each one only each one only pays half. He doesn't have to make up the slack for the other one. The other one, you're not getting a dime from the other one because because it's psuli amigdash. How can Rabnasan? Rabnasan says, Ravina says, you pay the full, because according to Rabnasan, since you're partners, you have to pick up the slack. Whatever I can't collect from the other, you're going to pay in full. You buy same if you want. But to say, Ravina and Abaya are not arguing. How can Rabnasan? They both agree the laws like Rabnasan, and indeed Allah is like Rabnasan. But Habamud Abitam. When do you say you pay the full damage if it's a mood? So since you can't collect from the other, so you collect from one party. The non-sacred, the owner of the non-sacred animal, from this non-sacred, you pay in full. In the case of Tam, also you make up the slack, but the most you can pay is half. You're not going to pay more than half, because they were both Tams, so therefore that's what he says, you pay half. If there was three partners in the damage, an ox and a person pushed, an axe into the pit. So between all three of them, they kill the axe. If they did damage, they all pay equally. They're fair share. They all split it, split it amongst the three of them. The owner, the person, the owner of the axe, and the, the, the one who dug the pit. But regarding the other payments besides the damage, the medical bills and the unemployment and the humiliation and the pain, that only applies to a person. If you axe, uh, axe only pay for the damage. The owner of the axe only pays for the damage, doesn't pay for the other four payments or the, or the pit. So only the person pays. With the Mavel others, and he has to pay since there's no one else to collect from, like Rabbi Nassim, you pay, he pays everything. The full, full payment, those four payments. With the Mavel others, and for the miscarriage again, Adam only a person has to pay for the miscarriage, as we learned earlier. The owner of the axe and the one who dug the pit doesn't pay, only pays for the direct damage of the axe that fell in, but not the, for the donkey that fell in, but not, not for any miscarriage that it causes. Leaning kaifer to pay the payment of kaifer, the atonement, that's if your axe gores and kills someone, the fourth time the owner has to pay kaifer, the value of the person who was killed, but if he kills a non-Canaanite, a non-Jewish Canaanite, non-Jewish slave, or maybe he pays only thirty. There's a fixed sum of thirty. So again, Bur doesn't pay. Doesn't make any of those payments. The owner of the pit and the person sins. It's if he kills someone, it's a death sentence. Even if technically you don't put him to death, it doesn't matter. If you do a sin that comes with a capital crime, you're exempt from all payments. 
So this is only the the owner of the um, ox pays pays that the koifer or the um, or the fixed penalty of thirty. In the case of a Canaanite slave, leaning kalim if vessels break, In this case, he means oxen that were actually redeemed, oxen that were actually redeemed. They were defective and they were redeemed, and now. You own it, but nevertheless, so therefore, Adam Rasher If it was unredeemed, like he meant in the beginning of the page, if it was unredeemed, then you wouldn't. No one would be. You wouldn't have to pay for anything. You don't pay for the damages to such an ox. But the, but if it's defective and it's been redeemed, now it's considered yours, privately owned, and therefore the person has to pay for the damages and the and the ox. But the bird, the owner of the pit, is exempt. My time, why should he be exempt? Because I'm a kana. Says in the positive, I may see and the, the cork, the carcass should be his, the owner of the pit. Only someone who can use the carcass, you can feed it to his dog. In this case, since even an animal, a sacred animal that was redeemed, and now you can eat it, but you're not allowed to use it to shear its wool, you're not allowed to work with it, and you have to bury it once it dies. You can't feed it to your dog. So, since you can't fulfill a may it means the tiger is telling you you're exempt. All damages to this particular axe. The Gemara says, Lamemri, you want to say the Pshit Lerava that this is, a, he's saying it clearly, simply. But the boy Lerava himself had a question, he wasn't sure about it. The boy Lerava, does that indeed mean that what the Pasuk means? That since he, he can't say that the carcass belongs to the owner of the pit because he can't use the carcass to feed your dog, you have to bury it and treat it with sanctity. Therefore, you're exempt from all the damages of the pit. In this case, means is coming to teach me um, that, yes, even though you evaluate the value of the carcass, but who is responsible to remove the carcass from the pit? It's the, the digger of the pit. That the damaged party, the owner of the axe, it's his responsibility to remove the, the carcass. And if it deteriorates, it's his problem. If it devalues, you should, you should, have, you should have hauled it out immediately and, uh, and sold it for what it was worth. But so the Gemara answers in the beginning, he had a question. He figured it out and he said, no, he answered the question. The, the Pasuk is coming to teach me that to exempt a case of Sulia Mikdashan, a sacred animal that had a defect and was redeemed, it falls into the pit. The digger of the pit, the owner of the pit, is exempt from paying for, the, for that damage. If that's the case, how do we know this law that the Bailam really, they're responsible to, to remove the carcass from the pit? We learn it out. From the Torah says by Shur and the that comes to teach me that the damagee, the one whose ox was damaged, it's his responsibility to take care of the carcass. How do we know that the, the Pasuk, the same Pasuk, by the case of the ox, when the ox gores, then you say it comes to teach me that the owner has to, is responsible for the carcass, the owner of the damaged ox. He's responsible to, to deal with the carcass and to sell it. Versus the second case, in the case of Boer, is coming to teach me that specifically in the case of the Boer, the owner of the pit, the one who dug the pit, is exempt for paying for the damages of this ox, the sacred ox that had a defect and was redeemed because I can't feed, I can't save Amesh I can't feed the, the animal to the dogs. 
And I wanted to say the exact opposite. That in the case of the ox, if your ox gores an ox of a sacred animal that was had a defect and was redeemed, maybe I, I'm exempt for the damages that my ox caused you, that your ox. Versus in the case of the pit, the owner of the pit does have to pay for the damages that he did to this formerly sacred uh, uh, animal that had a defect and was redeemed and... And uh, now since the owner owns it, because he can eat it and use it for himself, with the exception of, with the exception of uh, he can't feed it to dogs and he can't uh, shear it and he can't use it to work, but in any other regard, it's considered his, like his own. So maybe the owner of the pit does have to pay for the damages to this, to this uh, formerly sacred act. So the Gemara says, Eipach and I want to say the exact opposite. So the Gemara says, Mestabra, it's logical to say, Petur gabi boir hel patabayas but boy, since the boy, you find an exemption, Taylor says if, if pots or clothes fall in in a rune, you don't have to pay. So therefore, it makes sense that the, these shapes are also exempt for the damages of this axe. You see by an axe, it's such a concept, the first three times you only pay half a damage. You don't find it by bird, bird even the first time you pay full damage. So maybe by bird you have a concept, the tater is lenient, the tater says you only pay half, and therefore maybe that's what the tater means, that this type of axe, if an axe that was formerly sacred and you redeemed it, and it had a defect, and then you redeemed it, maybe you're exempt, you don't have to pay anything. So the mother says, no. You don't find that you don't pay anything, you have to pay half. In the case of bird, if it's vessels or if it's garments, you don't pay anything, you pay zero, zilch. So you tater so lenient, if it makes sense that that tater is also coming to exempt that if this animal, this formerly sacred animal, falls into the pit, the owner of the pit doesn't have to pay anything. Everyone have a wonderful day.